Welcome back to the RE Exam Podcast, the real estate exam podcast. I have a new state that we just issued audio lessons for, Virginia. The Virginia Real Estate Salesperson Exam Prep Audio Lessons. This new set of audio lessons is a total of 7 hours and 42 minutes in total length. And there are 17 lessons and 3 review lessons. Like with all the other audio lessons that I have for the different states, I'm going to be sharing with you on this podcast five sample lessons to see if it makes sense for you to buy the full series of audio lessons. The first audio lesson we're going to be covering today is about Virginia real estate law, and it's 21 minutes and 41 seconds in total length. So let's get on to that sample lesson. Welcome to this lesson entitled Virginia Real Estate Law. In this lesson, you will start learning some of the different requirements that you need in order to become a real estate professional and just a basic overview of the test that you're going to have to take and getting and maintaining your license, things like that. So let's go ahead and get started. The first thing you should know is that in the state of Virginia, the power over real estate licenses rests with the real estate board. Now, this is a group of people that is allowed to determine what a person needs to do in order to get a real estate license. And then they have the ability to look over those who are trying to get licenses and say, this person qualifies, they can have a license, and then another person does not qualify. They also can hear different claims about people who have done something wrong and determine whether or not that person should keep his or her license or not. So they really are the ultimate authority in all things regulating the real estate profession in the state of Virginia. Then it's important that people have the proper license in order to conduct real estate business. Almost everyone who conducts real estate business has to have a professional license. There are just a few exceptions that are in very limited circumstances. For example, if you are a person that is selling your own property, so it's a for sale by owner situation, then in that case, no, you don't have to have a real estate license in order to do that. If you are, however, a professional trying to help somebody sell their home, then yes, in that case, you do need to have a real estate license. Also, people who are not accepting compensation because they're just performing the services under a power of attorney arrangement, that also uh, does not require a real estate license. If you are a licensed attorney at law, then there are certain contexts in which you can do things with real estate where you, you don't actually have to have a real estate license. So that's another context in, in which you could have somebody practicing a something in real estate but not actually having a real estate license. A bankruptcy trustee is another example of an exception as well. So let's talk a little bit about two of the, the main kinds of real estate professionals that people who take the exam become. A real estate agent, a real estate broker, or you also hear a real estate salesperson. This is just another 
term for an agent. And both real estate agents and real estate brokers are those who offer real estate services in exchange for some sort of compensation. Usually it's in the form of taking a percentage or a commission on the work and the sales that you do. And both an agent and a broker buy and sell and negotiate real estate transactions for other people. So what is the difference between an agent and a broker? So in this case, it really just a matter of whom they report to. An agent works for a broker as an independent contractor. And so a broker can also be a person or it can be an entity of any size at all. So it can be one person or it could be a whole group of people that are gathered in a larger brokerage. But an agent can only be a single person or a pair of two people who are not related. So let's talk a little bit about what it takes to get your real estate license in the state of Virginia. The first is a little bit more of a a nebulous concept where it's you just need to have a good reputation. That's the first requirement that you're an honest person that asks some of your references, their professional and personal references. And if you don't have a good reputation, then you might not be able to get a license. Then, of course, they'd go through the official channels of conducting a background check where they see whether you have some sort of criminal history or not. You need to have a pretty clean background check in order to become a real estate agent. Otherwise, it's just not going to work out. The next is also they check in other states. They make sure that you didn't cause a bunch of trouble in some other state. Now you're trying to come get a license in Virginia then that's going to be a problem as well. They don't want you to carry some of the your old bad habits over from other states. So they're going to look to see whether you've ever been licensed in any other state before they go forward with that as well. Next, you have to take real estate licensing courses. You have to have so many um, hours of real estate education. And these courses just can't be any old courses They have to be from an accredited institution and they have to be in uh, particular topics. So that that varies whether you want to become a a broker or an agent. But basically, you need to be able to take those courses and show that you have the necessary education and have that on your transcript. And after you've taken the proper education, you also need to be able, of course, to pass the real estate exam. And so the salesperson exam and the broker exam are a little different. The broker exam is a little more intense than the salesperson exam, but it just depends on what you're going for and what your goals are. So of course, you got to pass that. You got to get so many questions out of the total correct. And then you have to be at least 18 years old. That uh, is just a minimum requirement. You have to have a high school diploma or some sort of equivalent to a high school diploma, such as a GED, that sort of thing. And then you have to submit your application within 12 months after you take the real estate exam. So once you've actually passed the real estate exam, you've got a year to make sure you've got all the other requirements in, you're like your background check and whatnot, and you make sure that you get that in within that year's time where you might have to retake the exam.
Now, something that is interesting to know is that some states allow what is called reciprocity. And that just means that the state of Virginia will honor a license that was gotten in another state. But you need to check with your particular state because not every single state allows reciprocity between that state and Virginia. It's interesting how that works with states is that they just they negotiate on a state-by-state basis. And so they look at whether the requirements are similar enough to their own requirements so that they feel confident in allowing somebody who has learned to practice somewhere else to practice in Virginia. So check to see if you've gotten a license in another state, whether or not that is going to translate over well or not. So let's talk about the difference between the salesperson exam and the broker exam. They're a little bit different. So for the salesperson exam, there are 120 questions and you've got 150 minutes in which to answer those 120 questions. So you can't spend all that much time on any particular question. You've got to kind of move things along. And the test is broken down into two sections. The first is national topics, and those are ones that have to do with, say, federal laws, things on a larger federal scale that apply to real estate brokers no matter where they practice, whether it's in Virginia or in another state. Or, and then we've got state topics. These are Virginia-specific topics that are going to test your knowledge of specifically what to do in the state of Virginia. So for the national topics, you have got 80 questions and 105 of your minutes to tackle those national topics. So that's out of the 150 minutes. And then for the state topics, you've got 40 questions and you've got 45 minutes to answer each of those questions. So you really only have just a little bit more than a minute in order to answer each of these questions. So you need to make sure that you really know your stuff going into it. So the broker exam Really, the the difference is that it just has a little bit more of everything. You have, instead of 120 questions, you have 130 questions, and you have 10 extra minutes. So instead of 150 minutes, you have 160 minutes. The national topics, you have 80 questions with 105 minutes to do that. And the state topics, you have 50 questions with 55 minutes in order to do that. So that is how that works. So either way, it's a good idea to make sure that you are extremely well prepared, that you schedule the test out with plenty of time, that you know where your testing center is, that you make sure you leave with enough time on the day of when you go there, to make sure that you got a good night's rest the night before, that you've had enough to eat, that you use the restroom before you start taking the test so that you can minimize distractions. Most testing centers will not allow you to bring in certain things. You need to leave your cell phone and any other electronic devices away. They may let you use a calculator for the math section, but it needs to be a non-graphing calculator. It's not one that where you could store some text that you can bring up later. So that would be a problem. You don't definitely don't want to be accused of cheating because you've saved something in your graphing calculator. So it's a much better idea just to bring a very simple calculator that is not going to get you in trouble. So those are all great things to remember. So once you've done all that and you've got your license and you're out practicing, you're actually not done yet. 
you need to make sure that you keep up on the latest developments in real estate. And in order to ensure that you do that, they have a license renewal period. You need to stay up on your license every few years and show that you are not letting things lapse. So after you initially get your license, one thing that you are required to do is to do 30 hours of accredited continuing education within the first year of getting your license. So once you've got your license, you're actually going to go out and start practicing. And in that case, you've got to decide. You start to learn things on the job. You start to learn new things. And that's going to be, you're starting to apply the things that you've learned. And so you're going to need to keep on learning and keep on experiencing and trying to figure out what's going on. And so you've got to get that 30 hours in within the year. So you also have to renew your license every two years. You have to go through this renewal process showing that you've done some continuing education, showing that you are still in good standing, you don't have any problems on your record, that sort of thing. Brokers need 24 hours of courses to renew, and salesperson just needs 16 hours of courses in order to renew. So you just have to do that every two years after that initial year. So the initial year, you've got to do the 30 hours within the year. And then every two years, you could do either the 16 for a salesperson or 24 for a broker in order to make that happen. And so in order to keep an active license, you have to actually be using it. You've got to be going out and conducting real estate business. So sometimes people's circumstances change, their lives change and they decide they no longer want to be active in doing real estate. So what do they do in that situation? Well, most people can decide to say, I want to go on inactive status. So you put your license into sort of limbo and inactive status, so you're not expected then to go out and use it for a while. You're saying, I'm doing something else with my career. But then you can decide later to go back and pick that back up again But if you want to do that, you then have to say, I need to go ahead and brush up again. You've got to go and take additional courses in order to put yourself back in active status. And now there are a few exceptions to this as well. For example, if you're in, let's say, the reserves, the Army Reserves or the Navy, the Coast Guard, whatever kind of reserves it is, you can suddenly be called up on military service. And in that case, you might get deployed. And if that happens, well, you can't really be practicing real estate very well if you're out in some other country. And so what they do in that case is they have an exemption. You file for a military exemption. If that happens, then once you get back, you can just say, I'm back. I'd like to go back into active status and they will bring you back into active status. So there are a few exceptions like that, but most of the time, if you want to go into inactive status, you're going to have to go ahead and revisit that once you get back. So that's a good overview for today. So that's a good overview for this lesson. Um, Let's go ahead and go back and have you quiz yourself. I'm going to ask you some questions and then I want you to think about it. I'll give you a little time just to pause and reflect and see if you know the answer. And you can either pause the recording or I will just give you a little bit of blank air to think about it if you don't need that much time to think. If you know the answer, great. If you don't, you might need to go back and review that. 
But let's go ahead and get started on that. My first question is, what powers does the real estate board in Virginia have? There are a few different powers that I mentioned. What are a few of those? So the first is that they have the ability to decide who gets real estate licenses in the first place. And then they also have the ability to decide who gets to keep their real estate licenses, who gets to renew them, who gets to be in active good status, and who can be put into inactive status if they're not using their licenses properly. My next question is, what are some of the requirements in order to get a license in the state of Virginia? There's quite a few requirements. See if you can name a few of those. So just to name a few, we've got a reputation for honesty and fair play. We've got the ability to pass a background check. That's very important. You have to have a good standing in other states. You can't have problems from a previous time. You have to be 18 years old. You've got to have a high school diploma or its equivalent, like a GED. You have to pass the real estate exam and you have to submit your application within 12 months of passing that real estate exam. So those are all things that you're going to need in order to get your real estate license in the state of Virginia. My next question is, what does it mean if a state allows for reciprocity? What is reciprocity? Reciprocity just means that you are allowed to get a license in one state and then it will be honored in another state. So some states have what are called reciprocity agreements with the state of Virginia. And in that case, you're able to show them that you have a license from another state and you'll be just fine to get one in Virginia. That's a very nice thing. My next question is, what is the difference between an agent license and a broker license? There are a couple different ways that these things are different. So one of the biggest differences is that an agent, or sometimes just known as a salesperson, works for a broker. They have to practice underneath a real estate broker. A broker can be a single person or it can be a really large entity, a larger brokerage as they say. But an agent has to be either just a single person or two people where the two people are not related. So that's the difference there. Also the Requirements for licensure are a little bit different between agents and brokers, and specifically the educational requirements and the, the test itself is different. You have to have more questions if you're going to be a broker rather than just a salesperson. So that's another difference that you might see. The salesperson exam is shorter in total questions and in total time frame from the broker exam. My next question is, what do you have to do within a year of getting your license in order to maintain your license? What is going to be required of you? So 
So in order to do that, you have to get at least 30 hours of continuing education, which is really important. If you don't do that, then you're out of luck. You've got to start all over. So of course, that's not something you, you want to do. So it's important that you make sure to do that. Next question is, how often do real estate licenses in the state of Virginia have to be renewed? And how do you go about doing that? So in order to do that, you have to get a certain amount of continuing education. You have to take more courses. For a broker, it's 24 hours. For a salesperson or agent, it's only 16 hours. So a little different there, but still important. And it has to be done every two years. If you don't do it every two years, then you're going to fall into inactive status and you will not be able to practice until you go back and get some more courses. So that's important to know. My next question is, what does it mean to be put on inactive status? And why would somebody voluntarily put themselves on inactive status? So if you're on inactive status, that means you are not actively practicing real estate anymore. And some of the reasons why people would do that is that they've had a career change. They no longer are actively practicing real estate, so they don't need to maintain their license. In this case, you would have to go ahead and do some more continuing education in order to be able to come back and practice again. So it's not something people should do lightly. It can have really far-reaching effects, but if they do do that, you will be able to come back only if you retake some courses. My, my last question is, what is, what is an exemption that can be made to the inactive status rule? What sort of life experience could happen that would override that? Well, one thing that could happen is military service. If you get called up to be deployed and you're not going to be in the country anymore or something similar to that, you can get an exemption in which they will allow you to go back into active status once you get back from your military service. And that is all for our lesson for today. Thank you very much for listening.